In Matthew 7, verse number 28, the Bible says there, And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for today. Thank you for these guys being here, Lord. God, it's an honor to be able to open your word, Lord, and to preach from it, Lord. Please give us your help right now, Lord. I pray that you would take over and take control of our time. And God, of our thoughts, help us to really focus in, Lord. God, we didn't come here just to see our friends or just to have a good time or just to uh, spend some time doing something else, Lord. We came to meet with you and we came to have you speak to our hearts. And God, we need that. And God, I can't do that for these guys, but Lord, I know that you can, and I pray that you would, um, God, just take over this time, Lord. We're needing your help. I can't do this on my own, but God, we need your help, and we need you to um, be a powerful force in this class right now and work in our hearts, God, so that we become more like you. God, help us to hear your voice individually, pray you would just call us out right where we need it, right where it's relevant, Lord, to us, and God, I pray that you would please make us more like you and help us to love you more. As a result, Lord, bless our time. I really do need your help that you give me the right words to get this across in a way that will click for us. But God, that will stretch us to be what you want us to be and make us um, better Christians for you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for your goodness. Bless this time in Jesus name. Amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing. Guys, Jesus here in this passage has just finished his Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus preached that Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that's what comprises his Sermon on the Mount. And verses 28 and 29 that we read, guys, are basically the people's reaction after he finished. So Jesus had just finished, and we get to verse 20, 28. It says that it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. So, guys, they were blown away. <clears throat> they were astonished. They were amazed at what they heard from him. You say, well, why is that? Verse 29 kind of goes into that a little further. It says, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The scribes, as I've told you, they would just refer to other rabbis and say, well, this is one opinion of this passage. And this is another opinion of this passage, how you should properly interpret it and so forth. But they would never get down to it, guys. They would never really deal with the issues. It was just more academic. It was just more throwing out kind of... Uh, philosophies and kind of theoretical things. Hey guys, by the way, our Christianity shouldn't just be theoretical. We need to learn some things for sure, but Zach, we know it has to transfer down to our lives, guys. Listen, if it's just an intellectual exercise that we do every Sunday, we're missing the entire point. Listen, we need to learn. We need to grow our minds, obviously, from what the Bible teaches us. But guys, it has to transfer. Listen, some of you may know that you need to read your Bible every day, but do you do it? That's my question. Listen, you may know that a certain type of music is wrong, but are you still clicking play on it? That's what I'm saying. Listen, you may know all the stuff, but it's got to transfer down into your life. Hey, guys, what you hear out of the Bible every Sunday, it should affect how you live Monday through Saturday. It should affect what you think, what you say, where you go, who you hang with, and all that kind of stuff that we bang on all the time. Jesus had some authority to his preaching. The scribes didn't. As I said, the scribes would just throw out kind of uh, opinions. Jesus didn't just share his opinion, guys. He shared the truth. And I love that it says his word was with authority. Another passage says his word was with power. What is that talking about, guys? I believe it's talking about there was some boldness to it, some assertiveness, some aggressiveness. I think when Jesus preached, guys, people say, whoa, he means business about this. This is a big deal. And he's saying this is the truth and this is what we need to do about it. Yeah. Guys, that's important. 
Because very often nowadays people tell us to back down and back off. And I've told you people say, I think you should be more like Jesus and preach more like Jesus. Well, sir, you can say that all you want to, but you might want to recheck your statement because Jesus preached it hard. Many people don't like hard preaching. I got news for you. You wouldn't have liked Jesus preaching because Jesus preached it hard. I was uh, thinking through this and looking up some stuff. And this is a famous story. Probably some of you are familiar with this, guys. But about 100 years ago, there was a well-known evangelist, Billy Sunday. And they told him, Billy, uh, people are kind of wanting you to tone it down a little bit. You're rubbing the fur on the cat the wrong way. And he said, that cat is on its way to hell. Turn the cat around and I'll be rubbing it the right way. You, guys, he wasn't trying to go along with what everybody wanted. He's saying, I'm going to preach the truth. If that rubs you the right right way or the wrong way, that's not really up to me. If you're in line with God and we're preaching the Bible, I don't think, like the Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. If you're trying to love the word of God and trying to live it out in your life, if we're preaching from the Bible, not bashing you with my own thoughts, but if I'm preaching what the Bible says, Kevin, I don't think anything that comes out of this book should offend you if you're trying to please God. But if you're trying to please yourself, you better mark it down. You will be offended real quick. Yeah. Seen that happen many times. But many people don't like hard preaching, guys. But Jesus preached it hard, and our message is this. Preach like Jesus, right? So what did Jesus preach like? What was his style? I want you to listen up here. Jesus, first of all, he preached about the destination of sinners, guys. Jesus preached more about hell than any other preacher in the Bible. Why? Because he's trying to warn people not to go there. And we've described all about that, the torments of hell and how terrible it is. Guys, there's one way out of it, and that's through Jesus Christ. Have you trusted him as your savior and turned from your sins? That's the only way to escape it. Guys, Jesus also preached on demanding surrender, demanding surrender. What I mean by that is Jesus says, all right, you want to follow me? You got to mean business. You got to be serious about this thing. You got to be dedicated and devoted to this thing. Hey, guys, just a sampling of it is this. Jesus wants us to love him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. All of it. He wants us. Everything else in our life should look like hate in our comparison to our love for Jesus. He says you need to um, deny yourself. If there's something crossways with God, you need to say no to you and yes to God. And the Bible tells us to do that daily. And maybe some of us are like, bro, that is hard to do. Yeah, you're catching on. That's exactly right. And it is demanding, guys, for us to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. That's demanding for everything else in our life to look like hate in comparison. That's demanding and to forsake control and to do it on a daily basis. That's demanding, guys. Can I remind you, though, he deserves that. You should give him your all. You should love him with all that you have. And guys, I've hit this before, but let me just mention it and move on. If you feel like, man, that is so hard. I don't think I can live up to that. I don't think I can do that. None of us can. You need to go to God and say, God, I need strength to do this. I need strength to live how you want me to. Because God, in and of my own self, in and of my own power, I can't do it. Hey, guys, I get it. Pressures are hard. Sometimes the criticism comes against us and all those kind of things. But guys, what does the Bible say? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Hey, we don't have an excuse to say, I just can't live up to it. Neither can I. Neither can the pastor. Neither can the greatest Christian that you know of. But you know who has the power? God. And he can give it to you. He can give it to you. So listen, when you're feeling crushed and when you're feeling like you can't make it, go to him. Get the help that you need. Jesus preached on the destination of sinners. Guys, we shouldn't avoid that topic of hell. Jesus didn't. Mm -hmm. Jesus preached on demanding surrender. Hey, I understand that people are new sometimes. We're trying to work with them, encourage them, bring them along. But listen, 
There comes a point where we cannot hide these things from them. We cannot uh, shelter these things from them. We need to say, you know what? You need to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength above everything else in your life. And there's a fulfilling climax to that. And then, guys, we got into last week. We actually went through some of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He preached on deep sincerity, right? Let's just recap that real quick. So back to chapter 5, verses uh, 21, 22, and then we'll look at a couple others real quick here. Preach like Jesus. How did Jesus preach? He preached on deep sincerity. What is that talking about? I think Kevin was mentioning it a few minutes ago. Be real. Be real. We need to be real in our Christian lives. That's what God wants us to be. In verse 21 and 22 of Matthew 5, he says, You heard it said by them of old time. Again, this is the Pharisees kind of perverting the law and twisting it in the way that they wanted to. Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. They just said the act is wrong. Jesus says, my teaching and my preaching goes a lot deeper than that. Verse 22. But I say unto you, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. He continues on along those lines. Guys, he's saying the problem isn't just murder. The problem is hatred in your heart. Hey, guys, that hits all of us. You say, I ain't a murderer. We're good. I'm glad. I'm very relieved. Okay. But guys, can I tell you, if you got hatred in your heart, you're sinning against God right now. That's tough because probably all of us have been there before. In verse 28, Jesus says, But I say unto you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after hath committed adultery already with her in his heart. Well, I've never messed up with a girl. Uh, Where's your mind at, buddy? That's what he's saying. He's saying if you look after a woman to lust after her, you've already sinned. You've already stepped over the line. Guys, by the way, that's where we need to get right. That's where we need to get right. Zach, we're waiting for somebody to call us out. We're waiting for things to escalate to a point and then somebody get on our case. Come on, man. You need to wake up. Get serious. Hey, guys, can I tell you today? Get serious and wake up. But you don't have to wait till you're already messed up. When you realize it going on in your heart and in your mind, get it right there. Get it right there. Deep sincerity. Jesus preaching penetrates to the heart. In chapter 6, he talks about how the Pharisees, how they would... Uh, fakely give alms and pray and fast, but they would do it in a way just to be showy to people. Jesus is saying, listen, when you pray and when you give alms and when you fast, don't be like them. You be real. Hey, guys, let's be real. We've known of some, we could say, fake people or people that are just putting on for our time. Let's not be like that. Let's be real. Hey, guys, listen, I made a decision way long ago in my life when I saw some people being fake in front of me. It it turns you off. It doesn't set well with you. And you think, man, that's not right. And you know what? It's not right. And I said, I don't want to be like that. Hey, guys, how about you? I hope that we're real. We don't have it all figured up. We make mistakes. But we need to be real with God. God can work in you and help you if you're real. And guys, what should we do? We should do it to please our Heavenly Father. In verses... I'm not going to read these, but verses 4, 6 at the end, and 18, it mentions how we do things to be seen of our Heavenly Father, and He sees in secret, and He'll reward you openly. Hey, guys, if the pastor doesn't see you, that's okay. If your parents don't see you living right, that's okay. If your best friend doesn't see you living right, that's okay. If I don't see you, don't worry about it. But you know who sees every single time you live for Him? God. And it will not be forgotten. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hey, guys, um, you don't have to turn here, but few chapters over, it talks about Israel again. It says, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me in Matthew 15. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, let's not be like that. We can talk a good game, but in our heart, we don't really care about God. Mm-hmm. 
That's a sad state to be in. And by the way, when you're real, God can give you help that's real. Matthew 9, 12. And last week, I landed on number four, which is depend on the scriptures, depend on what's settled. Um, For this, guys, you're, I believe, still in Matthew. Go to chapter 22, and I'll meet you there in just a moment. Depend on what's settled. Depend on the scripture. Hey, guys, don't lose me here. How did Jesus preach? What did he preach about? Guys, he preached on hell very strongly, more than anybody else ever has in the Bible. He preached on demanding surrender. Hey, guys, in Teen Boys class today, you and I need to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. Everything else in our life should look like hate. We need to deny ourselves and do it on a daily basis and follow Jesus. You say that's hard. I know. But ask Jesus for strength and help, and he can give it to you. And he wants you to be real, guys. He doesn't want you to be fake and and perpetrating and, and, and phony. He wants you to be real, and he wants me to be real. Listen, you may have some issues in here today, but you know what? If you're real with God, God can help you with that. But if you keep walking along like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I don't need any help, then you won't get any help. Be real with God. And by the way, if you want to help other people, like it talks about, uh, if you get the beam out of your own eye, then you can help your friend and take the speck out of his eye. You're not going to help anybody when you're fake. But he wants, Jesus wants us to depend on what's settled. Zach, this encourages me because every week at this church, guys, we're hammering. Read your Bible, guys. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. You need to read your Bible every day. In the morning is the best time to do it. We hit on that every week. And some of you guys are like, dude, I've heard that so much. If I hear that one more time, my brain's going to explode. You know why we keep preaching it, though? Um, number one, because Jesus did. And I'll prove that to you. Number two, guys, it's one of the most lacking areas in Christians' lives. You hear that? We preach on it so much, Kevin, but it's like nobody hears it. People go deaf on that part of the message. They hear the jokes. They hear the stories. And I'm not against those things. But guys, you want to see your Christian life grow? You really want to see yourself get grounded in this thing? Read your Bible. Get in it every day. Ask God to show you. You say, I don't understand most of it. Neither do I. Honestly, neither do I. And by the way, what do we talk about? We said when things get too hard, go to God, right? He'll give you the strength. By the way, when you're reading your Bible and you say, I don't understand this, you know what you can do? You can pray right there and say, Lord, I don't understand what this is talking about. Can you help me? And I'm not saying you're going to have a flash of lightning in your room and, and some angel is going to come down and speak to you. If he does, um, call the cops. You know, that's probably not an angel. Somebody broke in your house, all right? Listen, but you know what, guys? I tell you, with time, God will show you. God will give you the help that you need. If you're seeking him, you will find him, the Bible says. But depend on what's settled. First of all, under that, I want to tell you that its settledness is timeless. Guys, the Bible, Jesus says about the Bible, the scriptures cannot be broken. He says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall not pass away. And he says not one jot or one tittle from the law shall pass away till all is fulfilled. You know what he's saying, guys? It's going to last forever. Hey, guys, the styles and trends will change. Listen, the greatest team this year will not probably be the greatest team next year that's how the world is everything's changing all the time man gas prices 40 cents up 40 cents down i'm glad for the 40 cents down but it's probably not going to stay like that everything's changing all the time all the time politics and sports and what's current and what's going on and what's what's stylish and all this kind of stuff it changes all the time god's word doesn't change it's going to last forever hey guys you want to live a good christian life get in the bible it's settled it's strong it's solid it's not going to move on you kevin that encourages me that encourages me that if I learn something in the Bible and practice it, that in a year from now, I'm not going to say, oops, oh, man, it changed. Yeah. Why, didn't they, why didn't they give me the updated version? 
I don't need an updated version because God said his word will last forever. And guys, he goes out down into the minute details. He says not one jot. That's the smallest letter. Okay. And he says not one tittle. That's the smallest stroke on a letter. You know what he's saying? All of it is precisely how God wants it to be. There's no errors in the Bible. There's no contradictions. Build your life on the Bible, guys. You won't regret it. You say like what? If God teaches you to do something, start doing it. If God calls something out from his word that you need to stop doing, get rid of it. Come on now. Let's live it. Depend on what's settled. It's settledness is timeless. And guys, it's sufficient truth in that story of the rich man and Lazarus. Abraham said they had Moses and the prophets said, let them hear them. The, the rich man in hell said, no, no, no. Send somebody back from the dead. We need something spectacular. We need something showy and sensational. That'll get people's attention. He said, if they don't listen to the Bible, nothing will change them. Hey, guys, if we want people to get saved in this day and age, we need to preach the Bible. If we want people to change and be sanctified, be more like Christ, you know what we need to do? We need to preach the Bible. Kevin, we don't need to tell a bunch of jokes. We don't need to be entertaining. We don't need to kind of... Come up with something fancy. We don't need to tell really fascinating stories. Listen, we need to preach the Bible. Jesus said, sanctify them. That means make them more like God through thy truth. Well, what is the truth? Thy word is truth. That's what we need to preach, guys. That's what will strengthen us and develop us and make us into what God wants us to be. That's what we need, guys. You're in Matthew 22. Check out verse number 29. Jesus is dealing with some Sadducees. They're trying to trip him up. Verse number 29, Jesus responds to him. Jesus answered and said unto them, ye do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. You know what he's saying, guys? <clears throat> what does err mean? Does anybody know? Err. Yeah. A mistake or getting off track. You know what he's saying? You guys are off track because you don't know the scriptures. Hey, guys, listen, listen up. <clears throat> Today in your life, if you're off track, can I tell you why? It's because you're not being obedient to the word of God. That's it right there. Yeah. Listen, if there's some area of your life, you say, well, Tom, well, I don't know about this or I'm not, I'm not sure about this. Then can I challenge you? Get in the Bible. If you need to ask questions, do it. But get in the Bible for yourself. Jesus said, listen, if you live contrary to the word of God, you're off track. Guys, it's a sure track for your life. It's a sure track for your life. Would you go to Luke chapter 6? I'll meet you there again in just a moment. This is a sure track for your life, guys. Hey, guys, you don't have to, as I said, wake up one day and say, oh, no, man, I followed the Bible for all these years and I must have been mistaken. I must have been off track. Oh, man, I've really wasted my time. You're never going to have to worry about that. Guys, it's a short track for your life. Jesus said, you do err not knowing the scriptures. You know what? I want to know the scriptures, believe the scriptures, obey them, and I'll be on track with what God wants from me. Luke chapter 6. Uh, we'll get to verse 46 in a moment here. But guys, you say it's a short track. What will it do in my life? First of all, the Bible tells us that it will lead us closer to Jesus. John 5, 39, he says this. Search the scriptures for in them. He's talking to the Jews again. He's saying for in them, you think you have eternal life. This is what he says, though. But they are they which testify of me. Jesus saying, if you get in the Bible and read it and find out what it's saying, it all points to Jesus. Hey, guys, when you get in the Bible, it points to him. It encourages you to get closer to him. Guys, that's what it's all about. 
they thought they could keep all these meticulous rules and that's what would get them, get them to heaven. Jesus saying, no. When you get in the Bible, you realize it's talking about me. And when you trust in me, that's when you get saved. Guys, it'll lead you closer to him. Hey, guys, if you love Jesus, you're going to keep his word. You're going to obey what he says. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Hey, guys, do you love Jesus? Oh, yes. Yes, I do, Brother Tom. Then live by what his word says. That's what he says very clearly. And guys, now, now we're in Luke. Check out verse number 46. Luke 6, verse 46. Guys, if you, if he's your Lord, you're going to obey his word. Verse 46. He says, and why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Guys, that's a very striking verse. Okay, that has some oomph to it. Lord means my master. The one that's in control of my life. So get this, Kev. Jesus saying, why do you call me Lord, which means master, which means a Lord or a master means whatever you tell me, I'm going to do. OK, that's what it expresses in a, in a title. And then when Jesus tells you to do something, you don't do it. <laughs> Jesus is basically saying, don't call me that if you don't mean it. He's saying, if I'm the Lord of your life and I tell you to do something, it should follow through. Hey, guys, a lot of times we say, oh, I love Jesus. Jesus says, oh, do this. Uh, I don't know if I can. You get the point? Oh, Lord, you're, you're, you're the master, the ruler of my life. Lord, whatever you tell me. Hey, hey, I've been there too, man. You go down to the altar, Lord, whatever you want. Or it says, give a track to that person. That person, Lord, are you sure? Because I don't know if he's going to take it. Right? That's real life. Lord, whatever you say, I'll do. Lord, I give my life to you. All right, get rid of that friend out of your life. Lord, him? Man, we're cool, God. Really? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Guys, we've got to take this as a challenge and say, Lord, if you are in control of my life, you tell me to do something? Yes, sir. That's the way it needs to be. And guys, it'll last. It will last. Check out verse 47. Whosoever cometh to me. Notice, guys, before I run ahead with this. Notice, this comes right after verse 46, right? He just said, you want to call me Lord, and then don't do the things that I say? And then he gives this parable. Realize that connection in your mind. Verse 47, whosoever cometh to me and heareth these sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man that's built a house, dig deep, laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat uh, vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. Hey guys, do you want your life to be strong and stable? Do you want to last? Do you want to be consistent over the long haul? Hey guys, or do you want to love Jesus for a few months and then quit? He says, if you want your life to last and build it on the word of God, for it was founded upon a rock. Guys, if you last in the Christian life, it's not because you're smart or you're wise or you're strong or you're just uh, more skilled than people around you. It's because you built your life on something that doesn't move. And that's the Bible. But sadly, in verse 49, but he that heareth and doeth not. Hey, guys, time out. Is that you? Is that you? He that heareth and doeth not. I know I need to do this, but I'm not going to take any action. He that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. I don't want that to describe my life. The ruin of that person's life was great. I don't want that to describe me. But guys, you want to last? Get in the word of God. You say, I hear this all the time. I know. But do you read your Bible every day? I hear this all the time. I know. But are we obeying? And guys... Go to chapter 10 of Luke 
It's a stressed topic. Jesus brought this up. Why? Because it's important for us. And that's why we stress it all the time. That's why we bring it up all the time. That's why we say we need to read our Bibles and pray every single day because it's so vital. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's saying it's vital to your spiritual survival and strength. You're not going to make it without it. Hey, guys, God's using this man over here. You guys got your heads up. That guy. All right. God's using him. But you know what? Zach's got to keep the word of God uh, uh, thriving in his life. We all do. We all do. Guys, we can't build it on what we used to do. We're coming to the end of this year. Zach, you can say, man, I had all these meetings, had God blessing, blah, blah, blah. And that's all great. And we praise God for it. But you know what? If we take this word out out of our lives and say, "I I got it all figured out now. Guys, the power will start going down. We'll start getting weak. We'll start getting susceptible to the devil's temptations. Guys, we need to take it seriously. Jesus said, you're not going to make it without every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then you're in Luke chapter 10. Look at the last verse of that chapter, verse 42. Story of Mary and Martha. Verse 42, Jesus speaking, but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. You guys see that? What is he saying? He's saying one thing is needful. Her sister was all worried. She's not helping me. Get her over here. She needs to be helping me serve and helping me take care of all this stuff in the house. Jesus said, no, no, no. Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing his words. She was soaking it in. Hey, guys, is that how you are? Do you soak it in? That's what she was doing. And Jesus said one thing is needful. You know what he's saying? That's what's needed. Hey, guys, your Christian life is getting weak and dull and you don't have any fire. You don't have any passion anymore. Can I tell you what's needed to get in the word of God and let it soak in? Jesus said in a different passage, let these sayings soak down into your ears. Let it soak in. Saturate yourself with it. That's what's needed. And guys, notice this. One thing is needful. She hath chosen that good part. Hey, guys. Kevin, just because it's so important and so vital, you have to choose it for yourself. Do you get that? Yeah. Hey, guys, we all know it's important, but you got to choose it for yourself. He says it's needful. One thing is needful. It should be the priority, the focus, but it must be chosen for yourself. And guys, I want to bring up one more quick thing to you, um, and then we'll get into our next point. Um, guys, there was an occasion kind of spontaneously that a huge crowd gathered to hear Jesus preach. I don't think it was planned. Ethan, I don't think they had flyers to pass out. You know, I don't think there was any promotions going on, but kind of out of nowhere, people gather into this house, guys. It says there's so much, so many people that there's no room, not even at the door, around the door that people could hear. And guys, I think, Zach, if that happened, that would be hard to deal with. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You have nothing planned. You don't have a speechwriter. You know, you don't have a teleprompter to tell you what to say. It's all just go. What did Jesus do? This uh, You don't have to turn there, but Mark chapter 2. You know what it says? He preached the word unto them. Hey, guys, when you're put on the spot, maybe you don't know what to say. Preach the word unto them. Give them what God says. Give them what the word of God says. And by the way, if Jesus preached the word, like in Timothy, that's what we're supposed to do too. Preach the word. Be instant in season, then out of season. All right. Number five, what did Jesus preach? Preach like Jesus. He preached, guys, get this. He preached on determination that's steadfast. Determination that's steadfast. All right, go to Mark or Matthew. I don't know why I do that. Matthew 15. We got three passages 
that we're going to read, guys. If you want to put a paper in these as we go through, um, Matthew 15, Mark 10, and then we're going to Luke 18. Those are the three we're going to hit. All right, here's here's the plan, guys. We're going to read a passage here and, and each one of these three, and then I want you guys to identify some similarities in them, okay? You understand? That's what we're going with. All right, the first one is the Syrophoenician woman. This is, so Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. All right, so be paying attention. Again, if you want to put a paper here, when we head to the other passage, that's fine, or however you want to do it. But I want you to be able to compare these, okay? And show me what's similar in them. All right, here we go. Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her not a word. His disciples And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. And he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the, their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Very interesting story. Go to Mark chapter 10, please, toward the end of the chapter. Verses 46 through 49. First one we dealt with, Syrophoenician woman, Matthew 15. Second one here, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. This is a blind man. His name is Bartimaeus. Verse number 46, I'm going to roll. So if you're not there yet, just catch on as we go. Verse 46, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. They called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And Jesus heals this man in the rest of this story. Go to Luke 18 as we finish up with this. Luke 18. We dealt with the Syrophoenician woman. We dealt with blind Bartimaeus, last one of this section that we're doing. Right at the top of the chapter, beginning of the chapter, verse number two. Jesus is given a parable. It says, saying that there was a in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. There was a widow in that city. She came unto him saying, avenge me of my adversary. And he, he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry unto him day and night, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. All right, guys. Can you tell me some similarities from those three things? Syrophoenician woman. Matthew 15, blind Bartimaeus, and this widow dealing with the unjust judge. Jaden. They all kind of ask for mercy. Yeah, good, good. They all ask for mercy. Kevin, what you got? They all have to do with the topic of faith. Right, right. Good. Very good, guys. Anything else that you guys see? George? Mm-hmm. That's true. 
I'd agree with that. Anything else that you guys see in these? All right. Let me give you some help here. Guys, um, each one of them started out with a rough problem in their life. Things were not good. Syrophoenician woman, what was her problem? Her daughter was ill. Yeah, she had a demon. Her daughter was demon-possessed. That's a big problem. Blind Bartimaeus? Blind. And this lady... In Luke 18, she's a widow, and she has somebody bothering her. She says her adversary. It doesn't give a lot of details, but all of them had rough circumstances. Okay? Now, in each one of these guys, I'm going to ask this question now. Try not to give away the answer. In each one of these, um, they're all coming to someone to help them, right? Mm-hmm. The first two are coming to Jesus. This lady's coming to a judge. Help me, help me, help me. Did things get immediately better or immediately worse for them? Look at the stories if you're not sure. They would get worse because they would get rebuked. Right. Each one of them started out with a rough problem, right? And each one of them, guys, it got worse starting off. The Syrophoenician woman comes to Jesus saying, Jesus, help me. My my daughter is demon-possessed. Jesus didn't even answer her. You say, why? We'll explain later. Okay, didn't even answer her and then says, I'm supposed to go to the house of Israel and I'm not supposed to take their bread and cast it to the dogs. If I'm her, I'm not too encouraged right then. I'm not like, oh, my faith is strengthened. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. The blind Bartimaeus, what happened with him? Jesus, have mercy on me, please, please. What happened with him? Yeah, the disciple said, shut up. Jesus don't have time for you. Really? And this lady in Luke 18 she comes saying, please, I need help. I need you to avenge me and my adversary. And what happened? This guy ignored her. So, guys, all of these stories, it started out rough for them. Bad problems they had. But things got worse. Hey, guys, can I tell you? This is where a lot of people get separated right here. Each one of these stories, you know the key to all of them, Jaden? They persevered. They had determination. You know what Jesus is teaching us, guys, from these stories? Like the point says, determination that's steadfast. Hey, guys. You want to be the kind of Christian that you need to be? Have determination. Have steadfastness. Stay at it. Keep at it. Don't quit. That's what I'm saying. You say, I'm discouraged. Don't quit. You say, things haven't been happening as I want them to in my life. Have determination. Listen, each one had a problem. Each thing, each one, things got worse, but they stayed at it. That is the key to this whole comparison that I'm giving you guys. They stayed at it. Hey, guys, if you have something that you are praying for and it hasn't come yet, stay at it. If you're trying to live right, but it hasn't been paying off yet, stay at it. Each one of these stories, they come to Jesus. They come to somebody for help. Things get worse. They get more discouraging. Can you imagine that? Zach, I'm praying to God and things are getting better. They're going downhill. What in the world? What's going on here? What is the natural tendency inside of all of us? Just quit. If that's the way it is, just forget it. I've been praying for this amount of time and nothing's happened. Just forget it. I give out tracts and people throw them on the floor. Forget it. That's what all of us want to do. But you know what, guys? In each one of these stories, people go against the grain. They go against their natural inclinations and they stay at it. Young man, are you going to have that faithfulness in your Christian life? That determination, that steadfastness to stay at it, to keep trying, to not quit, to continue on. And guys, you tell me. In each one of these stories, what happened? We don't know. What happened? Our request was answered. Yeah. They, the result is they were rewarded. 
Hey guys, that should encourage us. Hey guys, you say, why did Jesus put these stories in the Bible? I believe it's to encourage us to keep going. Hey Wes, you keep going as a Christian. Aiden, you keep at it as a Christian. DeMichael, you stay at it. You stay at it. Well, I've made some mistakes. Then ask God to forgive you. Get back on track and stay at it. we got too many guys saying, Kevin, it's kind of discouraging. And it is sometimes. But you know what? Stay at it. How do you expect the results to come if you quit? They're not going to come in a positive way. Stay at it. Stay in there. Keep after it. Guys, if you're praying for people to get saved, stay at it. If you want God to change your life, stay at it. Have some determination. In each of these stories, that's what happened. They come to Jesus with a rough circumstance. Things get worse, but they stay at it. This lady gets her daughter healed. This guy gets his sight back, and this lady gets her problem resolved. Why, why, why? Because they stayed at it. Because they had determination. They had a dreadful condition. Discouragements came, but they had determination to continue. Guys, are we going to have that in this group of young men in this church? Are you going to stay at it? Hey, guys, I've seen some guys, and, and, and we're not... We're not kicking them while they're down, but they're saying, I'm going to live for God the rest of my life. And then as soon as a problem comes, they quit. As soon as the discouragement comes, by the way, your best friend may walk away from God one day. What are you going to do? God forbid. But if your family turns away from God, what are you going to do? By the way, time out. That's a hard thing to deal with. I've never had to deal with that in my entire life. Thank God. But can I tell you, even though that's extremely difficult. That's no excuse for you to quit on God. Hello? That's no excuse for you to quit on God. Why? 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 Because Jesus died for you. Why? Because he has enough power for you to live for him. Hey, you can't just lump yourself in. Well, they quit on God, so. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. Because, Zach, last time I checked, you're going to be at the judgment seat by yourself. Every man will have to give an account of himself toward God. Guys, this is serious business. Ask God to help you get back on track. Let me show you one more thing about these stories. You're in Luke 18. Check out verse number 8. They had determination. They had this delightful conclusion. And then check out verse number 8. This is really interesting. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. Guys. What time frame is this talking about? That last uh, phrase, last sentence that the unjust judge gives. What time frame do you think? There's a phrase toward the end that should pop out to you. When Jesus comes, right? Guys, I believe this is referring to the rapture. What does he say, though? He says, when the Son of Man cometh, what's his question? Shall he find faith on earth? Guys, he's not talking about will there be people saved. That doesn't even make sense. Because who are those going to heaven? The saved, the church. We're out of here, right? He's not saying whether it be saved people during that time. You know what I think he's doing? He's connecting it with this passage. He's saying, will there be that persevering faith when Jesus comes back? Will they, where, excuse me, will there be that determination in Christians when Jesus comes back? You know what it tells us, Aiden? That the tendency is, it doesn't mean it has to happen to us, but the tendency is Christianity is going to get weaker. And decline before Jesus comes back. Hey guys, that may be by and large Christianity, but how about you? Will you be one of those Christians that you're still down on your knees? You're still seeking God. You're still seeking his power. You're still seeking his touch. God, I need your help. Hey guys, what a question that is. That's a challenge to say when Jesus comes back, will there be Christians that'll stay at it like these three people did? They'll have that perseverance and determination. You could attest to this just as well as I and Zach. 
just as well. We live in a day and age where Christians so easily get offended and so easily quit. It's crazy, man. I could spend a lot of time on this. But if somebody says something to us at our job, we keep going to our job. If somebody says something to us at our school, we keep going to our school. But if some little thing happens, by the way, do things like that happen to offend you at church? Yes, they do. You know why? Because we are not perfect. We're never going to be perfect until we get to heaven. But can I tell you, God didn't do that to you. We did. Or, or whoever did. But it wasn't God. So don't blame him and say, why'd you let this happen? Listen, let me not get into that. Listen, you serve God because of him. You, you love Jesus because of him. No matter what anybody says to you, you only care about what he says to you. But this man says, when Jesus comes back, will there be faith on earth? Will they have that perseverance, Ethan? Will they have that determination? Will they stay at it and have that faithfulness? Man, I hope that we do. That is strong. Last thing. Last thing. Preach like Jesus. He preached on hell. Demanding surrender, deep sincerity, depend on the scriptures. Have that determination that settled. Hey, guys, before I move on. Have some determination in your Christian life. Hey, guys, you looking? We're calling on you to do this. There's going to get times it gets discouraging, but you stay at it. You don't lay out of church when you feel lazy. You get here, man. You read your Bible this week. Listen, I know it's not always easy, but it's worth it. Listen, these people would not have gotten their answer to prayer if they quit. Exactly. We never would have known about them. God put them in the Bible because they had determination. Do we? I hope so, man. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I sure hope we do. Let's prove by our lives. Determination is steadfast. Last thing, let me finish this. You can go to John 14. I'll meet you there soon. Jesus preached on a departure that is soon. Jesus preached on a departure that is soon. Hey, guys, he said that he can come at any moment. Are you ready? Are you ready? That's how I'm finishing up this message. There's reassurance from the master. You're in John chapter 14. We'll wind this down here. In verse 2, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There's reassurance from the Master. Guys, these disciples, they were bewildered. Jesus talked just talked about that he was going back to heaven. Their life is thrown into disarray. They don't know what which way is up. They're saying, what in the world are we going to do? Jesus said, listen. Guys, I know it may be difficult for you, but you just keep doing right. You just keep standing because one of these days I will come again. I'll receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Can I remind you, no matter how discouraging it gets, Jesus is coming again. And it could be any day now. He can come and guys, he will take us and we will be with him forever in heaven. You say, why are you preaching that, Brother Tom? Because Jesus preached that. The departure is soon. The reassurance from the master. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down. Don't quit. Don't give up the fight. Guys, Jesus' preparations continue. He says that I go to prepare a place for you. That's something to think about right there. He's preparing a place for you, a mansion with my name on it. How about that? That's pretty cool. Preparations continue. There's a personal coming. He says, I will come again. Guys, he's not sending an angel in his place. He's not sending some apostle or some prophet. He says, I will come again. Jesus will come again from the clouds and call us up unto himself. And there will be permanent company. He says that where I am, there you may be also. Guys, we will be where Jesus is forever and ever and ever. If you're saved. Reassurance from the master. So what's our responsibility in the meantime, brother Tom? 
Jesus said, Luke 14, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to be doing now. He says in Luke 19, 13, occupy till I come. What that means is to stay busy. And in Luke 12, 43, he says, blessed is that servant that when his Lord cometh shall find so doing. You know what that means? He's faithful. When Jesus comes back, he's still faithful. Uh, that would be a good thing, brother Tuck. If I could say this, if Jesus catches us serving him. Because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But wouldn't that be awesome if we're serving God and right in the middle of that, the trumpet sounds, we're out of here. I guess I don't have to finish that job. <laughs> Listen, that's going to happen. Will you be faithful? Hey, guys, don't count on being faithful then if, if you're not faithful now. For some of these guys, yeah, when, you know. You think when the trumpet sounds, you can flip the switch real quick and get all, get all busy and pass out tracks. It's too late. It's too late. This is not the two-minute warning. This is the trumpet. That means we're out of here. He's not saying, okay, get ready. Jesus is the answer. No, it's a little too late, guys. So tell people now. Live right now. Reassurance from the master, the responsibility in the meantime, and our readiness will be manifest. Jesus said in Matthew 24, no man knows the day or the hour. Guys, we don't know when he's coming back. And if you hear a preacher that is, that is naming a date, turn it off. Get out of there because he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's, he's crazy. No man knows the day or the hour. You know what Jesus said? Therefore be also ready for in such an hour as you think not the son of man cometh. Guys, will you be ready? You know how you can be ready? Not by saying, oh yeah, I'm ready. Number one, to be saved. And number two, to be busy serving God. Living how he wants Guys, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. How did Jesus preach? Guys, he preached about hell. He preached about our surrender needs to be intense. Guys, he wants us to be real. He wants us to be real. He wants us to live our lives based off of this book. He wants us to be determined. Guys, are we going to have that determined, persevering faith? So often the smallest thing, guys, I'm serious. The smallest thing hits our lives and we quit. It completely blows us off our track. I'm never going to try again. Zach, I prayed for three days and it didn't happen. I, I tried to give out tracks in my school and, and one person laughed at me. And I'm not saying that's easy, guys, but that should not stop you. So often we do that. I tried to live right, brother and one of my friends had the gall to make fun of me. So what you going to do? What you going to do? We got to have some guys that have some determination. Yeah. I hope you do. And then our departure is soon. Jesus could come back at any moment. You better be faithful. You better be reaching people. You better be after it, occupying till he comes. Because he said, no man knows the day or the hour. And in such an hour as you think not, he's coming. Let's live for him now. Guys, don't put it off till later on. He could come back today. He could come back this week. Let's live for him while we have the chance. Uh, preach more like Jesus. Well, that is how Jesus preached. Let's bow our head and close our eyes.